Hello and welcome to the Helios blog. My name is Helios. Today, Michaela Peterson talks about how to get over your ex. Let's get into it. The reason she's alone is because she's difficult. Women are not accepting the bare minimum. Women fuck men they respect. All the women who say things like, I'm strong, independent, I don't need no man, like, y'all impress me. Women just gaslight each other and say what they want to hear. is such that most couples therapists can watch like a five minute snippet of a couple argue oh. and predict a divorce with accuracies of over 90%. Oh, that's rough. Mm, I, as a therapist, I tend to think it's great, but okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's rough for the couple who's arguing in that way. Why that, but why that is, is because it is how couples argue that gives you a window into the relationship satisfaction oh. and longevity. It's how they process conflict. And there's several factors that have been shown to, you know, bode well for couples versus bode poorly for couples. Welcome to the Michaela Peterson podcast. This is episode 100. Okay. Let me just, uh, go to the video. Um, with heartbreak. So two things, actually, first of all, what's interesting about heartbreak is that thing that happened to you in ninth or 10th grade happens to us in our twenties and our thirties and our forties. We get similarly distraught, um, at all ages. And I've worked with heartbroken people of all ages. It kind of doesn't matter how old you are. If you're truly heartbroken, you are heartbroken. And what's interesting about heartbreak is that there is no other common experience in life, because right, heartbreak is not something you'll see in the diagnostic and statistical manual of mental mm -hmm. disorders. There's no such thing. So it's just a life experience. There is no life experience like it in which can take somebody who has no psychological problems and render them non-functional and almost a little bit crazy um, in a blink. That's what's so fascinating about it. There's no other thing that the grief can make us, you know, very, very upset, but we don't act out of sorts. We don't lose our mind and do things we would never do otherwise. There is something else that does it. And that's, um, you know, r experiencing really, really, really bad events, which I can't talk about on YouTube. But there's two specific events that I'm thinking about. Um, there's two specific things that if you experience them or even witness them secondhand, um, have these sorts of effects similar to heartbreak actually much worse we do with heartbreak okay so grief and heartbreak are are separate okay yeah. i need to mention the the contact lenses Mikaela's wearing what i don't uh, okay all right separate i mean i heartbreak is a form of grief it's one that we don't recognize so much as a sanctioned form of grief, like we do losing a first degree relative, but our reactions are as powerful. And if you recall back to that time, you said you were distraught. People do get devastated. They feel like they've lost their worlds. They, they can, even as adults, they can sit in bed and not be able to eat or sleep or function for days. Yeah, so this idea of, you know, I can't sleep or read or function for days um, because my relationship ended, um, yeah, that's related to the soulmate myth, right? So if you as a man believe that there is no other girl out there for you and nothing you do will ever, you know, you'll never ever get another girl or something, then of course you're going to be very distraught. 
But that is flawed thinking because, of course, we know that with without a doubt that we can get other girls. If you're attractive to one girl, you're attractive to many girls because women are hypergamous. They want a superior man to themselves. If you're superior to one girl, of course, you're superior to more than one girl. Days on end, that's all they can think about. They they will do desperate acts they would never otherwise do. And you're like, what is wrong with me that I'm doing this? Mm-hmm. But I'm just so desperate. And so, yeah, it, it really does a number on us. Okay, so can we talk a bit about exactly what happened? Like, why is it that sometimes you're in a relationship and then you, this happens to you and you're distraught and kind of insane? Like you. Okay. Um, what I want to mention is, guys, don't be so obsessed with your appearance that you buy contact lenses to change your eye color. Like it's and and wear like a ton of makeup. Okay. If you're a if you're a girl listening to this to this show, all right, because this is actually distracting to me. And anyway, nothing you buy and put on is going to make you look better than what your natural complexion, um, you know, is. Keep that in mind, okay? Let's continue. You said, um, why is it that, why is it that that happens sometimes, and what exactly is happening? Is it cortisol or just on that level? So what functional MRI studies or brain scans have showed is that um, the same thing, roughly, the same thing happens to our brain when our love is removed, when the person we love is removed from our life or they remove themselves usually from our lives, um, as happens when heroin addicts are um, uh, withdrawing from heroin. And if you think about it that way, it kind of explains it. Because if you would think of a heroin addict who was withdrawing, yeah, they would, they would steal, they would do all kinds of terrible things they would never otherwise do. But everyone goes, well, they were an addict. So that's how desperate they were. As- so that, that sort of describes, again, people in the soulmate myth that haven't understood, right, that essentially relationships are transactional and there are many ones out there. There are many girls that will make you very happy, right? Again, no girl is worth just shattering your life over, right? No girl is, girl is worth like putting yourself through pain and misery and suffering, you know, and and throwing yourself at another person's mercy. That That is not, that's not the way, guys. As if that explains, and she does, it explains the level of desperation, the level of, of, of change in behavior. It's the same mechanisms that are getting activated when we are heartbroken. And it's that same level of absolute desperation that you would hmm. see happening uh, for an addict. So, so that's the why. I mean, when you look at the brain, the brain's acting very similar. And it's at least explains why people are so out of sorts. So is that... Is that for specifically like an opiate withdrawal or is that just withdrawal in general? The, the analogy was to opiate withdrawals, uh, opiate uh, withdrawal, even to cocaine withdrawal, but to like real substance okay. withdrawal that you really you know, are looking for. And I think the opiate just kind of people associate that behavior yeah, with yeah. drug addiction. So like, oh, yeah, I know what that looks like. Well, it looks yeah. the same. It looks the same, really, is the, the shocking but huh. unreasonable part. Okay. That's interesting. That is kind of what it feels like, right? When you're going through it, because you're like, I just want to see something that reminds me of them again or something like that just to get. Uh, Yeah. That's why girls uh, ride the CC, right? Because they go with one child and he drops them. Then 
they know that they can't get that guy back. And so they go for another Chad who, you know, is similar but not the same. And then they go for another Chad. And every time they do this, uh, the expectations increase, right? It gets worse and worse and worse with time. Uh, because as their value goes down, their expectations go up um, for some unexplainable reason. Actually, I can explain it. It's called the amalgam. Every new guy has to beat the best features of every previous guy, a fusion of all the best features. And the more guys there are, the harder the amalgam is to beat. Get some sort of hit. Okay. Right. So or, if you're trying... That's why you'll send 150 text messages, just <laughs> waiting just to get one word response for that hit, exactly what you said. Yes. Wow. Okay. So... What's the best way, way to deal with heartbreak? So say you're in a relationship, uh, say you've been broken up with, is it best to go cold turkey then and to treat it kind of similar to an addiction or to wean off? How are you supposed to deal with this? Well, I, if it's possible, because sometimes it's not, but if it's possible to do cold turkey, I always recommend cold turkey. Your goal when you're heartbroken um, is to stop hurting, should be, right? I mean, to get over the person. Yeah. To get over them, you have to stop hurting. To stop hurting, you have to reduce their presence in your thoughts. Right. And a very smart strategy to do this is to get rid of all the things in your house that are associated with that person. Get rid of everything, right? So that you don't have uh, triggers of them, right? Because the less triggers you have of the person, the easier it is to not feel like they're there, right? Uh, you're not, your brain, you know, is an association machine, right? So if the associations are gone, then, um, you know, it's going to be much easier for you. So that's the, that's the idea there. Because right at the beginning, that's 95% of your thoughts is them, 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 them. Um, the more you reduce that, the more you're moving away from it, the more you're recovering from it, the more, the less painful it becomes. So that's the goal. So it well, here's the thing, guys. Uh, our brains are made to react to change, right? So um, let's say you feel bad, okay? If feeling bad becomes enough of a constant, your brain just ignores it because there's no point in telling you uh, that it's there anymore. So again, if you reduce the triggers, then uh, you'll feel bad, sure, but you, your body will just get used to it. It'll normalize out, and then you can just move on from there. That's the, that's the idea. In order to diminish their presence in your thoughts at the stage time that you give them, cold turkey is the right way to go if it's possible. It's very, very difficult to do, as any addict will tell you. It's actually, it's actually very difficult to do. And what makes it even more difficult is that almost in every case, there was a blind side involved. And I say that even in cases in which, you know, people say to me like, well, we broke up 10 times over the past two years, but I never expected this one would be the, and I'm like, wow, you broke up 10 times and this one, what's the, but the thing is that when, when people are looking to break up with us, they, I mean, unless they've dated, you know, unless it's, you had two or three dates, if it's, if it's been anything of any kind of substance, most people will time it, will like decide, okay, I want to break up unless it's a big fight in the moment, which is a minority of cases, it's thought through about when I'll do it. And okay. often, often they do it in a considerate way. Often they do it because, oh, you know, her big thing is coming up next week. So let's not do it right before that. I'll wait till after. Oh, we had this vacation planned. Things aren't terrible. Let's go on that vacation. Let's just get through the holidays. 
And so everything seems fine until they pull the trigger. And then suddenly like, wait, what happened? Things were fine a day ago. That's So this is why it's very important to stoically consider, right, the relationship ending at, at any time, right? So what I mean is you imagine in your mind the worst case scenario, you know, 20 minutes from now, she's going to break up with me. And you, and you, you feel through how that, how that goes. So, okay, she's going to break up with me. I'm going to feel, you know, bad. I'm, I'm going to, you know, um, remember the good times and miss the bedroom fun. It's going to be terrible for a bit, but, um, I have this full life of all this, all this stuff that I'm doing. So it's not such a big deal. Really? I can move on to other girls. So not a big deal. I've worked on myself in so many different aspects that I'm not really worried about finding another girl. So it's not such a big deal. I can go on the apps or I can go on, you know, I can, I can go do warm approach and talk to girls. So I'm not really worried about this relationship ending. And so you can, and then you can think about some of the good times and appreciate the good times that, that they provided for you and the, you know, the, the good things that they gave you and they go and wish them the best. Also, something that helps me if I'm thinking about a breakup is understanding that almost always the girl actually loses in a breakup more than the guy, uh, except if it's a, if it's a divorce, right? If it's a divorce, then she takes half your crap. She takes the kids. It's very, very bad, right? But in any other arrangement that isn't, you know, uh, marriage in the West, uh, the girl loses in all uh, relationship ending scenarios because woman's time, they don't have infinite time. They have from 18 to 28. That's the prime, right? And actually at the, at the starting at 28, it's already the decline, right? So if they've given you any of the years between 18 and 28, you're the winner because you as a man, your, your maximum value, it starts at 35. You've been working on yourself, right? Working on your finances, working on your fitness, working on your confidence, your charisma, you know, your friend groups, all the activities you can do. If you're working on all of this stuff um, and you accumulate more and more and more, by the time you're 35, you're still physically fit enough to be attractive while also having all of this other value, right? And you carry that value from from your 35 all the way to 85. So you, and yes, you decline a little bit, but you don't decline nearly as much as, as a woman declines as you age. So you have much more time. And because you have much more time, uh, women actually lose in pretty much all breakups, right? Even though they think that they're winning because a girl, you know, 20 minutes from now could go and sleep with some guy. She could. But that's not what women want, right? Women want a relationship with a superior man that leads to marriage, children, and the man taking care of her and paying for all of that, right? That's what they want. They don't want, you know, Brad Pitt to sleep with them once and throw them to the curb. They want Brad Pitt to marry them, have children with them, and pay for those children and stick around, right? Now, of course, the chances of uh, this you know, superior child marrying her and having uh, children with her and paying for everything is very low. Um, And this is why girls, as they get older, um, they often end up disappointed because they don't get what they actually want. Whereas for men, it's very possible to get what they actually want. You know, bedroom fun with a bunch of like, uh, you know, 22 year olds or whatever. Like if you've been working on yourself at 35, you can easily accomplish this goal much more easily than a 35-year-old woman can get married to a child. Much, much easier. Because a man 
can add value in many different ways. It doesn't necessarily have to be with his body. Although, yes, sure, he has to be physically fit. But that isn't the only consideration. His age and fitness isn't the only consideration, right? And his ability to have children. It's true. That's true. I suppose it's difficult with social media now, too, to not... Like, you know, before, if, if you were in a different city or you just don't see them around, right? And then you're not thinking about them. But now with social media and Instagram, it's a problem. You need to, you need to do the brave thing and you need to block and unfollow and defend. Right. Even if it's temporarily, you don't want to see what's going on with them. Because to remind you, they've been thinking about this for a while. So they're way ahead of you in terms of recovery. And no one puts out their, like, oh. here's me crying into a pillow Instagram picture. You know, they do now. You know, they'll find the one moment where they're happy and post that. Meanwhile, you're sitting there crying into a pillow thinking like they're completely over me. Well, A, they've had a major head start, weeks, months, sometimes years of a head start of getting over you. And B, you oh. know, again, they're putting out this highly curated image of, look, I'm fine, everyone. So it's just going to hurt to see it. So Yeah, and, and oftentimes girls will do this on purpose. They'll post that knowing you'll look at it and be hurt by it as a kind of beta torture mechanism or, you know, some such. So, no, block, delete, throw away all this stuff, you're gone. And if they say that they want to break up with you, your response is not, oh my God, let me get you back, I love you so much. It's, okay, block, delete, throw away all this stuff, done. Ghost. That's it. Don't, don't see it. Okay, now that makes sense um so does that mean say you've been going out with somebody and you're really good friends with them oh and you're no longer romantically interested disaster there's only one person that favors and that's women so women are favored if they keep the men around as friends that used to be lovers or boyfriends because there's a chance that they could gain the boyfriend benefits from those guys without having to give anything in return so a girl could collect, let's say, 20 guys that she's been with and all of them, you know, drive them around, buy them stuff occasionally, give them validation, give them attention, all of that in hopes that they what might one day, you know, sleep with her again. Um, whereas she gives nothing to these guys. So she gets benefits for nothing. Whereas for a man, if you're wasting your time on a, on a girl that is no longer a prospect, you're just destroying yourself. You're just wasting your time. You're hurting yourself for, for literally no gain. So there's there's no point in that. All it does is hurt you. So don't do that. Does that mean friendships off the table for exes? Yes. If temporarily, I would say. I mean, I always say, for now, take a few months or however much to truly get over them. Now, if once you're truly over them and you know that because it's not tugging at you in that way, you want to be friends, it doesn't hurt to be friends, go at it. Nope. Terrible advice. No female friends. Girl, the only girls that should be your friends are friends with benefits. So friends with benefits is actually okay. So let's say your ex, right, she breaks up with you and then she leaves and goes and sleeps with, you know, two or three chads, five chads, ten chads, whatever. If she wants to come back, you can allow it. But the most she'll ever get out of you is friends with benefits. You never go past that. So she is just in the bedroom fun zone for you and she will never ever escape nothing she does can ever convince you to be in a relationship with her again and she might try but it doesn't matter because if the if if um her behavior was bad enough 
to 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 kill the relationship, then she doesn't deserve to come back. But the majority of people, once it gets there, are like, mm, that's going to be complicated. We don't. I don't need that friendship. The friend excuse, and I say excuse, is because it is an excuse at the beginning. It's just, no, I can be friends without actually having my guts ripped out every time I talk to them. And no, you can't. Not at you really can't. And you really shouldn't. And it's a terrible, it's terrible advice to recommend to somebody to be friends with an ex. Unless, of course... It's friends with benefits and you're a guy. That's that's actually fine. Because you can console yourself in the fact that you're getting the like what guys want out of relationships most of all, which is bedroom fun. And she's not getting relationship behaviors out of you. So you've basically won the relationship, right? And you can console yourself with that fact. And you can console yourself with that fact for years, right? So. The beginning. Okay. Fair enough. When, if you're in a relationship with someone and you're trying to make it work, how do you know, are there signs that can tell you when you should leave and when you should keep trying to make it work? Um, that's such a great question because it depends on all kinds of variables. I mean, my general philosophy is if you can keep working at it. And, you know, I mean, relationships, even ones that have lasted the 40, 50 years are a constant study and working on things. I mean, Indeed. circumstance changes, people, you know, change. So you you constantly have to shift and tweak and work on things. So, so my philosophy is if you can keep working and, oh, by the way, which means together, not you unilaterally in your head doing what you think the relationship needs without the other person participating in that or being aware you're doing it. If you can work and communicate together, for as long as you can, you should, unless you're both like, we can, but we're both unhappy. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, because I just think that's the, if you have something invested there, why? Again, this is a sunk cost fallacy, right? If it's a terrible relationship, you can just cut it short as a guy, it's fine. Um, and again, there's another fallacy here, which is that relationships are about communication. They're not. Relationships are about the maintenance of correct male-female dynamics, right? The man should be the leader. The man is superior. The woman, um, you know, does what women are supposed to do, which is be fit, feminine, cooperative, submissive, submissive and bedroom fund loyal. And um, the rules are maintained properly. The girl follows, the man leads, um, you know, the man maintains himself as a superior man. The woman maintains herself, you know, in a physical sense and in a respect sense towards the man. This sort of thing. And then after that, you can communicate about other stuff, sure. But that's not actually what keeps relationships together. That's that's um, secondary to the primary thing that actually attracts women to men in the first place, which needs to be maintained over a long period of time. All right. Uh, cool. Let's do this Reddit post from Relationship Advice posted five hours ago. I just caught my wife, she's 34 and he's 34, about something. Now for the first time in a relationship, I don't think I trust her. We've been married for two years, but together for nine. Basically, not long ago, my wife got a new job after leaving her old one and going back to do a master's degree in something else. I was obviously happy for her and supported her through all of this. But recently, I was on a LinkedIn looking at a post she made and saw that one of the comments on it was from an ex-friend of mine. I haven't seen or heard anything about him for years, but I looked at his profile and he works at the company my wife now works at. I asked her about it and she pretty much played it off, saying, yeah, she thinks he does work there, but that didn't make sense as they're connected on LinkedIn and he's leaving comments on a post, so she must know he's there. 
This led to her coming clean that she'd met him at a wedding uh, of one of her friends back in December that she couldn't go that he couldn't go to. They remembered each other and got talking and she obviously mentioned her looking for a new job and then in January he connected on LinkedIn and said he could help her get a job where he worked. She never told me because she knew I would be mad that she was in contact with him. So probably they were having bedroom fun or something before. The guy was an old friend of mine from college and then he cheated on his girlfriend who was in our mutual friend group with another girl from our friend group who was also in a relationship with another one of our friends. So it was all a big mess and completely destroyed the group. This happened not long after I met my wife, so they didn't know each other well, but she definitely saw and knew the impact of what he had done. Now, she would be right in thinking that I wouldn't exactly be happy that she's in contact with him, but I would also not try and get in the way of a job opportunity for her either, and I would have thought she would know me well enough by now to know that. Her explanation also doesn't really fit, as she said she met him at the wedding in December, and then he contacted her about the job in January. Why didn't she tell me she'd met him the day after the wedding when she came home? I can't get these intrusive thoughts out of my head about, if she kept this from me, what else is she capable of holding? Like about three weeks ago, she went on a work night out and I went to sleep at about 1am, and the next morning I woke up and she wasn't in bed. I came out and she was asleep completely naked on the couch. At the time, I thought it was kind of funny, but knowing this, I think it's weird. She's never done that before. She said when she told me that they have a strictly work-related relationship, but like I said in the title, I'm struggling to trust her. This post is already longer than I intended, so I'll finish. Apart from not telling me about the ex-friend, am I being crazy feeling this way? I have a terrible feeling in my gut and I don't know what to do. I'm on the verge of looking at a phone. Any advice would be helpful. Guys, if you have that feeling in your gut, trust it. It means you've been cheated on. This guy's been cheated on. Uh, 522 upvotes. I've never regretted listening to my gut. Every time I haven't listened, I've regretted it. Something is rotten. Indeed. Uh, Here's another comment. Every time, always trust your gut. I'm five years of therapy. The main answer to most of my problems in the past was I didn't trust my gut. OP, I would check cell phone text and call numbers to see how often his pops up and if it aligns with those specific dates you mentioned. 100% she cheated on him. Without a doubt, guys. All right, we're going to end the video there. Uh, Hit the sub. Hit all for notifications. Go to my Patreon and subscribe, patreon.com slash the Helios blog. Drop me a donation like Hunter M, Adrian R, Tom M, shout out to them. Link is in the description. Buy my books at bit.ly slash Helios books. Take care of yourselves, guys. Thank you for listening to the end, and I will see you next time.